0: Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today, we'll be concluding a really informative interview with Pastor Chad Mansbridge from Bayside, Australia, who's also the author of very... Very interesting book that will help you to explain why you're a Christian and how you can make sense of the Bible quickly and easily. His book is titled You Can Handle the Truth Making Sense of the Bible in Three Simple Steps. If you missed any of part one, and I mean any of part one, you need to go back and catch up because we just don't have the time available to go back and and cover for you what we covered in part one. I'm going to back up just a slight bit just for continuity purposes, but that's all really we can do. But right now, let's jump back into the conclusion of this
2: fabulous interview with Pastor Chad Mansbridge. And listen, this, this second step is where we seek understanding of the meaning of the text. What does this mean? And and honestly, this is where we kind of get back to where we were talking before, why at times there are different uh, expressions of the church, why there are different belief systems in the church. It's because of this question. Uh, Christians or Protestant Christians, at least, around the world all agree what the Bible says. Uh, there's not too much debate about that. We've got these 66 books uh, that we believe are inerrant and God-inspired. And and while we might argue about uh, translations, which of course I talk about in that part of the book, at the end of the day, we mostly agree on what the Bible says. But we have huge variety and disagreement in what that actually means. And this occurred to me growing up as a Pentecostal kid. My parents, uh, in in my high school year, sent me on a a Christian youth camp. And it had Christians there from all different types of persuasions, Baptists and Presbyterians and, and uh, you, know, you name it, Methodists and all, all different types of expressions. And I met some kids there that believed that the Holy Spirit did not give gifts to his church today. I believed I heard from some kids there, and this is the first for me, that speaking in tongues was not just gone away with when the Bible was finished uh, being written. But speaking the tongues was actually today of the devil. Well, I tell you, for a Pentecostal kid that grew up hearing people sing and praying tongues every single day, that was news to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> I never, this was, what are you saying? And we realised as we studied together, we all suddenly dived into First Corinthians, you know, 12, 13, 14, and we had the same Bible. We had the very same translation even but we came to different conclusions onto what that text said. We agreed on and, sorry, what it meant, what it meant. We agreed on what it said. What does it say? Well, this is what it says. It's quite plain what it says. But what does that mean? And that's where we disagree often. And this is where uh, there's another technical term called, you familiar. Um, your hearers might be familiar with, called exegesis. It's mm-hmm. about discovering Amen. what the author meant when he wrote those Words and uh, right. one of the worst things you can do if you're leading a Bible study, and uh, this is a common mistake that Bible study leaders make they, they read a passage of scripture and they, they go around the circle and they say, Okay, now that we've read that scripture, what does it mean to you? No, that's Amen. not the question you're supposed Amen. to ask, Amen. It doesn't yeah. matter Amen. what it meant to you, the question is, What does it mean? Full stop. What does it mean? And we find meaning by what the author was intending to say, not what it means to you. And so I often joke, uh, you know, in my church, I I, I might hold up on my mobile phone and where I I use a traffic app on my mobile phone, like Google Maps or something like that. You have them in America as well. And uh, if you type in your destination and the road that you choose, you're looking to go down is painted red on your screen, you know what that says. The, The screen says the road is red. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, you know, an accountant might say, well, red means that the road must be in financial deficit because that's what red means to me, okay? Red to me means yeah. financial deficit. You're like, no. A romantic says, well, red means that road must be in love because that's what red means to me, you know. Uh, to, a, to a bureaucrat, they, they might say, well, yeah. well, red, red means only red cars are allowed to drive on it today, only red cars are. No. None of that is true. The road has not literally been painted red overnight. The screen says the road is red, but what does it mean? Well, to answer that question, you need to get in the head of the author. When the authors put that program together, what did they want it to mean? And, of course, if you've ever used a traffic app before, you know that the authors, when they paint a road red, they mean that there is heavy or congested traffic at the time. That is their... Meaning, it Amen. doesn't matter, Amen. Yeah, does Amen. not matter That's good. what red means to you. The question is, what does it mean to the author? What is he intending to communicate? And once you know what he means by red, okay, there is congested traffic at that time when you are trying to drive down that road, then and only then you can go to the third step and say, well, what does it matter? If there's congested traffic today, what does it matter to me? What do I do about that? Do I take a detour? Do I stop my journey? Do I phone a friend and say I'm going to be half an hour late? Do I take a different road? Do I sit down and put a podcast on because I know I'm going to be sitting here for an hour in traffic? What do I do with that information? Well, that's the third step. What does it say? What does it mean? And the third step is what does it matter? What does it matter to me? And as we read literature and as we read the Bible, these three questions, these three simple steps is how we'll handle God's word well. We sit down and we ask ourselves, what does the Bible say? Well, we need to read it. What does that mean? Well, we need to reason our way through it with our thoughts. We need to reflect on what we're saying, allow the Holy Spirit to show us the meaning. Maybe we need to research what other people have said about that scripture to learn from other people within the Christian community. What does it mean? And thirdly, what does it matter? What do I do with it? Now I know what it says. What does it say? What does it mean? What does it matter? And I feel, Robert, that if if Christians approach the Bible with that simple three-step structure, and filled in the gaps in between and of course that's what the book does chapter after chapter we would have a far more bible literate and bible passionate people who handle god's word well
1: amen amen that that's good i'm going to use that praise god <laughs> i love that traffic app example cuz everybody uses those things that's awesome that's awesome now in addition to you know you discuss how this book helps the reader to understand the scriptures with those three steps being able to apply them in everyday conversations and situations, give us an example of how your book helps with that. Uh, just something that you may have used to, to show someone how it works. I mean, Traffic App's good. I love that. So I'm, I'm going to use that and preach it. But uh, you know, give us an example of how the reader can apply this to their job at work or uh, quarrel with the spouse or something like that.
2: Uh, in a in a specific scripture or in in the well, principles, I'll leave that up to you.
1: Yeah, some something in the application that that they'll be able to take from your book. And say,
2: oh wow, I see where I've been missing this. Okay, one you know one of the things about being a a local church pastor is that I preach to everyday ordinary people across a whole spectrum. Of life, I'm not a seminary Bible speaker. Just speaking to students, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have a monolithic type of church. We have a diverse church that I speak to, and so one of the things that I know is that people learn differently. There are some of your listeners out there that they're a little bit like I am possibly, they're conceptual listeners. If you tell them a concept, they'll get it. Boom, it'll click for them. Three steps. I understand that. They'll walk away and they'll go, that interview was worth listening to. What does it say? What does it mean? What does it matter? I'm walking away with that. Other people learn through examples or examples, okay? They need to be shown examples of exactly how uh, this works. And so to your question, do I help people with that? Absolutely. One of the things uh, about my book, You Can Handle the Truth, is it's not just conceptual. It is not just technical. It is full of of Bible case studies where on any time I make a point to say here's a principle, here's a point, I then highlight that with example after example so people can see how that works with Old and New Testament examples across the spectrum. And so I think that's a really important thing. Uh, for teachers, people do learn differently and uh, some people will read those examples and really uh, take those away in a very, a very practical way. Uh, I also, as a preacher, like to use... Um, Uh, acronyms and easy ways to remember things. So uh, one of the things I do in the application section of the book, so that third step, what does it matter? Uh, There's a little bit of an art to that. You know, when it comes to working out what a text means, it's what we would call the science of hermeneutics. It's quite set. There are rules. There are principles. Uh, The Bible says what it says, and it means what it means, and ideally those conclusions uh, all Christians should come to the same conclusions on them in an ideal world it doesn't happen but right, you know right. the, the science Amen. of hermeneutics what it says and what it means are set but what a scripture how a scripture matters to you and how it might matter to me uh, there's a bit of variety there and that requires the art of hermeneutics so for example if i was to read in ephesians uh, husbands love your wives as christ loved the church. I read that instruction. I go, well, what does it say? Husbands love your wife. What does it mean? Well, it means that husbands should love their wives. Okay. (laughs) As Christ loved the church, how did Christ love his church? Well, he loved her sacrificially. He loved her according to her needs. He loved her by empowered by the love of the father, et cetera, et cetera. I can draw some of those conclusions. But when I seek to apply that in my life, I might do that quite differently to you because our wives may be quite different. In fact, I'm going to apply that scripture quite different to the way that my 16 year old daughter will apply it. Because my 16 year old daughter doesn't have a wife, Mm -hmm. she's not a husband. Now, that scripture is still true. It's still in the Word. She can still read it, she can still understand its meaning. But what it matters to her at this time of life is different to how it matters to me as a husband. Yeah. All Scripture is written for us, but not all Scripture is necessarily written to us. And while all Scripture is for our information, we can learn from it, mm. not all Scripture is necessarily for our application or there are different applications according to different people who are at different phases and stages of their life. And so that is a bit more nuanced. It's a bit not quite one size fits all. We see this in John the Baptizer. Uh, When John the Baptizer, Jesus' cousin, comes and he preaches, repent, be baptized, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It seemed that no matter where he preached that, people of all persuasions got baptized in water. And as you keep reading the New Testament, people all over the place, the Gospels, the Book of Acts, uh, the epistles, it's inferred, got baptised in water. It would seem that water baptism was a one-size-fits-all application for everyone who heard that truth. However, Paul, uh, sorry, John also had very specific applications for different people. He said to the tax collectors, listen, don't do this. He said to the soldiers, listen, do this, don't do this. He said to those who had clothing, listen, lend to those and don't do this. He gave specific instructions to Herod, a specific rebuke to him because of of his uh, living with his brother's wife, I think it was. And so his message, he may have had one message, and that message may have had the one meaning, but it had different applications for different people. Baptism, one size fits all. But otherwise, when it came to what repentance looked like, well, it varied from person to person to person. And so that third step of applying the scripture is a bit nuanced and it is something that is more than an art than a science. But I do give some very helpful tips on in my book on that last step on how to discern how you should apply certain scripture or scripture to your life. And just to understand that, you know, the walk of God, uh, God hasn't just given us a rule book. Uh, God hasn't just left us on planet Earth with a manual and uh, that in a cold way just says, listen, you just follow A, B, C and everything will be okay. No, 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 no. He's given us a book, but more than that, he has given us a personal tutor. Amen, amen. With the book, he has given us his very personal Holy Spirit who will lead us and guide us into all truth. And the whole purpose of the Bible is not to obey the Bible. The whole purpose of the Bible is that we may know God better and walk with him in authenticity and with intimacy to truly know him. And so the Bible should actually help us to know Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit will help us to know the Bible and this beautiful relationship happens together. And so there is very much a science to understanding the Bible, but there's also a a great art and a great dance, a a dance, as it were, uh, as we truly walk out a love relationship with God through and with His Word.
1: Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And, And this book has
2: also won an award. Can you tell us about that achievement? Yes, sir. Well, look, it only came out in September, and I think back in uh, just before Christmas, it won a gold medallion uh, for the Illumination Book Awards. It's one of a very few uh, specifically Christian book awards. They're based in United States. They have a v- variety of categories, and uh, it came up number one in the Bible study category, category which happened to be the number one category. So, if you go on their Man. website of winners. You can handle the truth is the top book right at the top of the website, and uh, that was nominated for that. And uh, so, yeah, so that was a a great, uh, a great boost. Mm -hmm. And it came out when it was first released. It came out as uh, number one in new releases for young adult, uh, for young adult Christian books. It's not just for young adults, of course. I mean, as I said, I'm 43, so I think anyone younger than 43 is young. Although you look a bit young there too, bro. So
1: (laughs) appreciate that, man. Yeah, young. that's young That's just the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone's young and hard. But that's actually what I found in my church. You know, in writing this book, I've done a video course as well that will be released sometime this year publicly. We ran a beta test of that video course in our church. And, uh, look, I had an 80-something-year-old people in our church do that course and come to me, and they say, I'm still learning. Uh, This course really helped me to understand the Scripture. They've been walking with Jesus, Robert, longer than I've been alive, Mm -hmm. and uh, yet they still came out of... Uh, out of those yeah, lessons, yeah. out of reading this book, learning because we're always learning. So I say that to say, while it may appear to be targeted at younger people, I mean, if you uh, get yourself a paperback copy or look it up on Amazon or wherever you you buy your books, you'll notice there are cartoons, there are illustrations, there are articles. It's laid out in a way uh, that is highly conversational. One of the way, one of the very unique things about this book in the hermeneutics space. I mean, I've got a few books on hermeneutics, and most of them are this. Thick, oh, you yeah. people at home can't see me, but really thick. Okay. Right, right. Books. Amen.
1: I've
2: got one called an introduction to Bible interpretation and one called an introduction to hermeneutics, and they are massive. And they're just an introduction and they are full of technical terms and jargon yeah. and they're confusing. And you walk away going, I'm not actually sure that helped me at all. Well, I wanted to avoid that completely. Hermeneutics, understanding the Bible properly, correctly handling the word of truth is something that may be complex. But just as because it's complex, it doesn't need to be complicated. There's a difference between something that is complex and something that's complicated. Oh. And uh, as a preacher of God's word, I want to preach clearly and help people to know. No, listen, it's not complicated. It's beautifully complex, but it is clear you can. Handle it, and to lay it out in as simple a format as possible, free of technical jargon, full of illustrations that people can understand and and take home and and remember with them. And it's also written, Robert, and this is what really makes it unique in a conversational, mentoring tone. What I actually do as the author is I take uh, almost the position of Paul writing to Timothy. Now remember, I mentioned before the whole title of the book comes from two Timothy two fifteen. Be a worker who correctly handles the word of truth. Well, I say, listen, you are my Timothy, okay, reader. You are my Tammy. If you're a female audience, Tim and Tam, I'm writing to you like Paul did to young Timothy, and I'm encouraging you. You can do this. You can handle the scripture. You can be an honorable a handler and builder with God's word. Amen. Amen. So what are
1: some of the, the key takeaways that your readers will receive
2: as they read this book? That the Holy Spirit is just
1: going to plan in their heart.
2: It is different for different readers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But number one, some people are going to walk away knowing that they are equipped to handle the scriptures well with toolboxes, toolkits that God has given them. There are three things number one, the Spirit. Number two, the saints. And number three, the science of hermeneutics. Mm. Some people are going to walk away going, how do I do the Bible? How do I read the Bible? Am I equipped to do it? Yes, you are. Like Paul said to Timothy, you're a worker and every worker has a toolkit. Well, God has given you to handle the Bible properly. He's given you the spirit. As we just said earlier, he's given you himself himself You have the very presence of God with you to handle the Scripture, and for some people that will be their biggest takeaway. Secondly, you have the saints. You have other people. Don't read the Bible only on your own. Yes, read the Bible for yourself, but don't read the Bible by yourself only. The Bible is a community book, and we are supposed to read it and learn through our way through it with other people, with other authors, with other teachers, living and dead, preachers on TV, but also people in our lives that can walk us through and they will see things in the Scripture that you will never see. Robert, there are things that you have seen in the Bible that I have never seen, and that's the way God wants it, so that we need each other. We rely on one another uh, to to understand the complexity of God's Word. And so for some people, they're just going to walk away with that takeaway. They're going to walk away with the knowledge that I can do it God has equipped me with what it takes for some people they walk away with that first question they know how to read the Bible remember the first question is what does it say for some of them that will be the main thing they'll walk away saying you know what I know how to read the Bible properly now I'm being intentional about my Bible reading Uh, I'm reading it with humility I'm reading it well now I know how to read it And other people, their main takeaway is going to be in the meaning situation. What does the Bible mean? They're going to walk away saying, you know what, every time I read the Bible now, I'm asking the question, what does God mean when he said that? What does the author mean? What does this mean? Is it um, parabolic? Is it hypothetical? Is it literal? Is it non-literal? It's okay to ask those questions. It's okay to seek the meaning. God wants you to do that. And other people... They're going to walk away with some of the humorous examples that I have all the way through the book. I actually finish uh, I finish with something that as a preacher you'd, you'd appreciate, but it's, a, it's an acronym uh, called uh, where I encourage people right at the end of the book to discover joy in biblical revelation. Even when the Bible is tough going at times, even if you're reading Nahum, Obadiah, Leviticus, did you know there was a book called Obadiah? Yeah, some people didn't, yeah. you know. it's going to be Yeah, there's a book called Obadiah. Even when you're reading the difficult books, you know what, and you, you, you read, you think, why the heck did I read that? What's that got to do with me, you know? Almost every scripture, passage of scripture, chapter of scripture can teach you something about yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It can teach you something about other people in your life because the greatest command, of course, is to love other people. The Bible helps us to do that. And it can teach us something about yourself. Jesus, others, and you. Even if you don't quite understand the meaning, if you're saying, God, how is this relevant to me? I promise you, if you were to read the Scripture and say, Lord, I want to discover the joy here, what does this reveal to me about Jesus? What does it reveal to me about the the nature of God himself? God reveals himself through the Scripture. And what does it reveal to me about others? And what does it reveal about you? Because the Bible, uh, James says that um, when someone looks in the mirror of God's word, it's like they look at themselves in a mirror. The, the word of God is, is in part to reflect back on who we are, to show us our true identity. Uh, as either sinners or saints, but to show us our identity so that we can walk in the knowledge of who we are in Christ. And so that's the way I close out the book. It's a simple acronym. And some people, they love acronyms. That, that's what they'll remember. They'll go, you know what, when yeah, I yeah. open the Bible, to, even some of your listeners right now, they're not going to get my book, but they're going to read. they open their Bible tomorrow morning and they're going to say, I'm going to look for joy. Uh, I'm going to read a passage and I'm going to say, Lord, what does this teach me about Jesus, others, others? And you, what does that have to say about me? What does that have to say? And uh, and I'm sure that'll be a nice little tool for some Praise of your Lord. listeners today.
1: Amen. Amen. You know, when you're talking about, you know, some people can read this over and over and never really get something. When I first started preaching, I I, was, I guess I was in the ministry about three years at this time. And I was preaching at another church. and It was a, as, a, as a conference of churches. And the guy who was, the head of the conference, he's like 86, 87 years old, been in the ministry since he was 18 years old, you know, so he'd been around a while, and I I don't remember what I was teaching on, but when I finished, he came up and said, you know, I've been in the ministry, you know, 60 some years, and I've read that scripture thousands of times, taught on it thousands of times, but I've never seen it the way you explained it today, you know, so here's someone who, you know, is like, not just the father of these churches. He's like the grandfather of these churches and just this little young preacher kid taught on something from a different perspective. And, and I mean, he grasped it, you know, and is, I've never, I've read it thousands of times, but I've never had it explained that way. So it's, you're never too old and you're never too young. You just got to be believing and believe that you receive. Amen. I appreciate all that. Now, if you could sum up your book in one statement, what would it be?
2: Really, the title is probably the best thing to say. You can handle the truth; uh, you can do it. I want this. This is an encouraging book. As I said, it's like written like a mentoring conversation. And I want everyday, everyday people, aspiring preachers, yes, experienced pastors, absolutely, but also everyday run-of-the-mill Christians, if there is such a thing. There's no such a thing as an ordinary Christian, okay? (laughs) But if you understand what I'm saying, any believer, uh, if you've been following Jesus, uh, probably I'd I'd say, in in all honesty, maybe a year or more, uh, someone with some Bible knowledge uh, to bring to this book would be useful. But I want them to know you can handle the truth. Yes, there might be some bits that seem complicated. Yes, there might be some bits that seem confusing. It's okay to admit that, and it's okay to believe you don't to say you don't understand it all, that's okay. But let's admit this: you can do it. You can handle the scripture. You can handle mm-hmm. the word of truth, and it's as simple as applying three simple steps and a whole bunch of other uh, principles and illustrations and and uh, ex- explanations that I give in the book. But I think really, mm-hmm. I just want every or- ordinary, everyday people to know that they can handle it. The back of the book simply says this: um, "You can handle the truth." It's a comprehensive step-by-step guide to biblical interpretation, equipping everyday believers to read and heed God's Word. Amen. Amen. How can
1: someone obtain a copy of your book, You could Handle the Truth, Making Sense of the Bible in Three Simple Steps?
2: Is it on Amazon? Yes, sir. Of course it's on Amazon, and uh, it's on many other book platforms. You can get it in all the formats you'd expect. Uh, for those who prefer electronic, it's on that. I'm a paper A paper trumps screen, person. You know when I when I get into a book, and and particularly a book like this, because it does have illustrations and uh, and end notes, and uh, you know I'm the type of person that wants to feel the book and underline. It is one of those books you might want to go. Oh, that's I want to underline that. I've dog you know dog eared that bit. So so there's obviously paper copy. And then if you're not much of a reader and if you like listening to audio book, I actually recorded the book myself, and I think there's nothing like like having the author narrate their own book. There's just something about the author's voice uh, that comes through well. And so uh, if you can also get that on audiobook in whatever uh, platform you use, it's uh, pretty well there. You can handle the truth. And uh, yeah, that should be enough to get you there with Chad Mansbridge.
1: Amen. Amen. And, and you know, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, maybe to ask a question or possibly do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you?
2: Well, as, as you'd expect, ChadMyName.com. I managed to grab my own com. So that's uh, that's oh, fine. Chad Chad Yeah, what's, I'm not I'm not Pete Smith. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so no, there's not too many Chad Mansbridges out there, but chadmansbridge.com. And uh in on my social media, there's usually my my uh, middle initial M uh, in the middle there, Chad M Mansbridge. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and those type of platforms.
1: Amen. I'll put the links to all this down below in the show notes. Folks, especially in this time in which we currently live, I mean, it is more important than ever to have a clear understanding of the Bible, not just a familiarity with it, but understand it and be able to explain it to another believer. You should be able to explain to someone why you are a believer and what exactly Jesus has done for you and how the person you're talking to can have that same kind of understanding, that same kind of peace and assurance. Amen. Amen. Pastor Chad Mansbridge's book, You Can Handle the Truth, Making Sense of the Bible in Three Simple Steps, is exactly the book you need to be reading, sharing, and talking about with your friends, your family, your co-workers. Just drop down to the show notes, click the links right there to get in touch with Pastor Chad, and order this great book, You Can Handle the Truth, Making Sense of the Bible in Three Simple Steps. Links are right there, just waiting for you to obey the leading of the Lord. Amen. Pastor Chad, I do appreciate your time joining to discuss this great book, You Can Handle the Truth. I I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule, staying up late at night just to meet with our people today and, and, and just bless them with some inside information on this great book, You Can Handle the Truth.
2: It's been a great privilege, Robert. Thank you so much.
1: Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today for Pastor Chad Mansfield and myself. This is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.